The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello, welcome to Everybody is Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast where we're making our way through every episode of of the series. And we are now up to, in the middle of series eight, what is potentially one of the most infamous episodes, (laughs) Crity TV. And as always, we have myself, Phil Hawkins, the long-term viewer of the show, who's been watching since the 90s. We have relative newbie, Adam Martin. Adam? That's, I called you Adam. Adam. Oh, that's Adam. a new one. So I've been called several things in my time. <laughs> Adam uh, Yeah. I've, I've, I've said last time, I think, I like the term relative newbie. It's been about a year now, but c- compared to compared to you, Phil, yes, I'm still very That can be there. an expansion to our merch store. We should get some t-shirts relative newbie. Relative newbie <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, and <laughs> we do also occasionally have a guest reviewer on with us, and we have another returning one today. It's Miles Taylor. Hello, Miles. Hello, Miles. Hello, guys. How you doing? I'm very happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me back on the pod. Although, as I was saying, w- whether I should be thanking you for this episode, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, uh, you see, yeah. last time you were on, I think it was mm. um, what your one of your at least one of your favorite episodes. Yeah, Gunmen is up there, uh, mm. as I'm sure it is for a lot of people. You know, it's one of the ones that you know, hits the top of a lot of polls. But yeah, Gunman, yeah. Gunman is up there. Christ TV. Hmm. Well, <laughs> yes, and I there, think so. you made a passing <laughs> comment to Christy TV in that when we were recording that podcast as yeah, potentially yeah. one of the worst. And therefore we thought yeah. it was only fair as we got you on for one of <laughs> yes. your favourites. I know, get you I was on. kicking myself. As soon as I said, <laughs> you know, oh, it's one of my least favourites. I was like, why did you say that? Why, why did you, did you say that? <laughs> And I, I think as, as the weeks have gone on, some of our other guests in between we've had on, when we, mm. I think we've mentioned, oh, that there's this, cri- or I've said, oh, there's this, Crikey TV that people talk about and they go, oh yeah, that that one, you know, yeah. good luck and it, yeah, so, pretty yeah. infamous as far as I'm aware, yeah. So. Mm. so the synopsis for this episode on IMDb reads: Kill Crazy reprograms Crichton and Crichty put Crichton puts on Crichty TV, a pirate entertainment show for the convicts, where Crichton goes into the women's shower room and exposes the naked <sighs> bodies of the female convicts, including oh. Kachansky. Um, yeah. Oh, you can you can see why in, just from that you can yeah. see why this has a bad rep. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh! As you were reading that, Phil, honestly, I I don't think <laughs> I've been able to curl every part of my body. Literally, my hands, my toes, just oh god. Yeah. Oh it's, God, it, that, yeah. it's such a cringy premise, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, That's putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let, let let's start. Let's start at the beginning as we do. Um, uh-huh. it, it, we get a kind of like montage of Crichton struggling. Let's just say because he's been assigned as a woman in the prison and he's not particularly happy with this. Um, he's fed up. We get a little montage of him. Uh, you know when uh, the when Kachansky's painting her toenails, he's painting his whole foot with toenail varnish. Um, mm. We get him taking a sh- uh, umbrella into the shower cubicle and reading a book and looking very bored in there, and various other things. What What did you think about? What did you guys think about this initial opening of the episode? I, I it's 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 really strange because honestly, like from the off it kind of seems like the, this is going to be a very dated episode like yeah. the 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 ideas that are going to be put forward are very much going to be set in that 1999 sensibility uh and yeah I, i'm not i don't know honestly don't know where it's, i think adam I, i'll let you take <laughs> it from here because well, i'm struggling at the minute Obviously, I guess you you two had seen this before, even though it's been mm. some time. Like you both have come to this, like I guess knowing to an extent what's coming up. For me, like this opener was just a bit weird because obviously it's just that initial bit, you know, showing how he's struggling, and then we go straight to Lister and Rimmer. So at first, I was like, that it just to me, I was like, that was just a really weird. Oh, because there's no dialogue either. It's just mm. crying and like moaning or moping, and then we suddenly cut away. So I was like, okay, that was a that was that was a start, I guess. So I guess it was. 
I don't know. I wasn't more. I wasn't thinking. Oh, it's it's going to be one of those, like you said, Miles. Quite rightly, like you know, a dated episode. I guess I just thought that's a really weird way to start it. But I it's guess that's very, because very I had disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it feels it. Yeah, it feels naturally like it should have just started with the with the bunk scene, as a lot of series eight does. So, yeah, to me, it was just. I, I guess before I knew what was coming, I didn't hate the whole opening thing with Crichton, but I was just a bit like, why is this here? I mm. suppose. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the bunk scene because we do then go into that. And I would say, apart from one very groan worthy gag about getting up, getting the post. I only got that <laughs> second time around when I was watching it. I watched it twice to, in the run up to this and it, it literally took me to the second time watching it. <laughs> oh, I get it. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, it actually made me groan out loud. Like, yeah, oh, it's that one of those. is such a bad joke. It's a dad <laughs> <Yeah>. joke, that. <laughs> it's such a dad joke, yeah. But apart from that, I actually quite enjoyed the rest of that scene. I thought it was, uh, you know, that dynamic between Lister um, and Rimmer that we get in those bunk scenes. And we we were just chatting just before off air about how this series, Series 8, kind of harkens back in some ways. In some ways, it's very different from everything else in the whole of Red Dwarf history because of the whole prison setting, because of the whole, you know, there's, there's a whole crew uh, on mm. the ship. But in other ways, in the ways like the bunk scenes, it harkens back to that Series 1 and 2. And their they're just chemistry is really good. Mm. That, is, yeah. that is the one thing I really do like about Series 8 in that it does it realizes that one of the the great things about red dwarf from its initial conception was the just putting those two in a room together and letting them bicker letting them talk letting them interact um it's one of my favorite parts about red dwarf just seeing lister and rimmer chat whatever it is uh, so you're right it's it's great to recapture that dynamic from series 1 and 2 um and that is a really a very sitcom kind of part of red dwarf so i do i do like that and you're right it is it, it is one of the nicer aspects i think of, of this the this run of episodes yeah mm. i i quite i quite like the dynamic like you've you've both said i think for me the the some of the gags just felt a little flat to me today i'm not sure whether that Maybe it was just like the, the the gags themselves I didn't take to, or well, I was um, going to ask about one. There was one gag I was going to ask because I, I I wonder if it's cultural reference dependent. So when because they get their actual post as well, their mm. mail as well as the actual physical wooden <laughs> post that uh, Lister gets, there is actually mail as well. And one of the items is uh, a Reader's Digest Lucky Dip. Now I did wonder because you guys are younger than me uh, <laughs> as i am at pains to point out the but do you, did you guys get that do you know what the reader's digest lucky dip is um i, I mean i've heard of the reader's digest but <laughs> because I, I haven't even heard of the reader's digest i'll be honest <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, it, in terms of i i see i have no clue i just sort of took it as like one of those random competition things that well it kind but, of but is again, but very were, dated just, yeah it's very that's why i mean it's kind of dated if you weren't if you didn't get one of these through the post, because the the joke is everyone got one of these through the post, literally yeah, right, like right. in the 90s, they just sent them out to anybody that they could find an address for. And they were these like kind of mini scratch card things. And I, you know, as a like in the early 90s, as a, you know, six, seven, eight year old or whatever, I was actually, I you know, I got excited not realizing that actually it's a bit of a con and you don't really mm. win what, you know, is on them and stuff like that. So it's um, it. I did wonder if like jokes like that might go over someone who's younger's head because they don't sure. have that cultural reference. I, I do think that's quite typical of series eight for some reason. I do think that of all the kind of Red Dwarf series, it seems to be the one that really does. It really is tied to that time that it was made. Maybe, yeah. maybe a bit like series one as well to an extent. Um, it kind of takes you out when you kind of go, but no one does the Reader's Digest thing yeah. anymore like why would yeah. they be doing that in the far future um yeah it's it really does make you kind of go well I, this doesn't it, it, this isn't the far future this isn't sci-fi this this doesn't feel i'm not getting that kind of escapism from it yeah yeah i think the one the one reference i did like and i guess you could argue sounds quite cruel i hope it doesn't still apply now when they're talking about what they ordered and um 
because it's his guitar and uh, what did he say? Uh, Rimmer says something like, If I wanted to share a cell with an irritating lump of wood, I'd have moved in with an Australian soap star. <laughs> I, thought, I don't know, that made me chuckle. It's <laughs> um, very topical with, uh, of course, Neighbours being cancelled at the moment. That, that is true. Has it been like officially well, cancelled or are they like know. trying to... I think they're trying to find alternative funding, but... Uh, right, okay. And Channel 5's cancelled it. <laughs> yeah. And Channel 5 in the UK is his majority funder, I believe. Which is weird oh, that an Australian see, yeah. soap is mainly funded. It's got a big UK. following here, though. Apparently, yeah. neighbours. So, so I'm told. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you, though, Miles. Like series, the ones we've watched so far, the first four, and then this one. I think we mentioned it in one of the episodes that there are a lot more of the time, like you said, like current mm-hmm. in quote marks cultural yeah. references. Which Red Dwarf, I guess, has always done like here and there, but it was always like maybe one or two a season or every. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this yeah. season, it feels like it's every episode we've got to have something that ties it which yeah yeah and and it feels kind of like a bit of a whiplash especially after series six and seven which are starbug based you know out in the far-flung kind of you know uh, reaches of space and suddenly we're back to cultural references you know within a confined setting it just yeah i think that's one of the reasons why it doesn't work as well because it just feels like such a tonal kind of wow suddenly we're back to this yeah for sure for sure yeah i did like in this scene Potentially one of my funniest moments was the letter from Peterson and specifically oh, yes, Lister's yeah. reaction to it. From Peterson. My God, that is tragic. What's happened to him? Has he died? Died? You think he'd write and tell you? <laughs> no, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm not thinking straight. He'd be too busy with his funeral and everything, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> which is very typical Lister kind of. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that I do like. I did, I did enjoy that. I had a bit of a giggle there. Yeah. When he gets his guitar back, we get a nice reference back to a previous episode, an older episode as well. The Om yes, song. Yes. The Om song. Oh yes. <laughs> the yes. nice rendition of the Om song. song, which of yeah. course teenage Lister wrote back in his pub gigging days that we saw in Time Slides. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I. I did. I liked that. I mean, although part of me did feel a bit of a, a kind of like, don't you try and get me nostalgic series eight. Don't you try and <laughs> pull me in by doing that. That uh, is because there was another instance does. later on as well. Of that it does yeah. that a lot. I've noticed because they, they've had mm. mentions of future echoes in episodes. We watched. Like, it was last week, I think. They had yes, yeah. e- references to future echoes, and there's been references to previous episodes almost mm-hmm. every episode in previous series. So I think they're really trying to play on that nostalgia yeah. in the series it's almost yeah. like when any show gets to that age because by this point red dwarf was what like 10 11 years old it seems like when yeah. shows go that yeah. long a lot of the time they feel like oh we have to make uh, some sort of even well, even long ones obviously like the example we probably all know is you know in doctor who there's so many but it, I, I guess it depends how it's done isn't it you could have a subtle reference where it's just said and those who know it will go ah that's a reference, mm-hmm. but then the casual view, it, it's not necessary to know what it's from. Yeah. Or you'll get That's more true. obvious ones, I guess. This one that fits into that. The Om song, it, he's just kind of put into the episode. Like, he's just, like, talking about a song that they, yeah. you know, it, it, you don't need to know that that's, we've heard that in an episode before to, for, to mm. get the gag that they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But it just adds that sort of extra layer for those of us that do remember it. Yeah, that do, it does work nicely when it's not... Um, it's not a necessity to understand exactly why it's there. It's just a little bonus for those That's of it. us who have watched the whole thing, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice. Yeah. So Lister's got his guitar back, uh, which Rimmer isn't happy about, but it doesn't have any strings. No. <laughs> They've been confiscated as a potential suicide uh, ha- in- implement, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, he's not particularly happy. But uh, along with all of this other stuff that's arrived list also gets a letter saying that uh, there's going to be a, a review of his case mm, yes and an appeal an appeal yeah, i didn't i didn't quite get that actually because knowing what we know by the end of the episode mm. why would the appeal have come with the guitar yeah am i am i misunderstanding it that's a good point because like, like yeah. how, how is, how, how is, how is he already appealed, appealed about yeah. this thing that <laughs> he was only just it. informed about? It's That's a good point. I mean, yeah. unless there's some time travel shenanigans going on that we don't know uh, about. But it, it, it could it, also be that Red Dwarf thing of like, we, I think we've all said before, like, you know, continuity on this show. Mm-hmm. It's just like, one, they'll take the, the, the most minutiae continuity and stick to it. But then the, the big things, they'll just be like, yeah, we said this, but 
we're not really bothered. So, but I do yeah. get what you mean when you think about it like that. As you say, when we get just to the in end. terms of this, this like contained narrative, it did feel yeah. a bit kind of like that doesn't quite add up. And I suppose there was another instance of that later on, um, right. which just it just felt like have the writers just kind of chucked then and thought, oh yeah, that's perfect. We'll just you know put that in there because I think originally uh, I was watching the documentary about this episode. Mm. The the story was very much just Crichton centric. Um, yeah, Lister and and Rimmer were such a small aspect that when they read it back and they were like, they're barely in this. We need to add the appeal to it. So the appeal is actually something uh, that was added in one of the very late drafts. Um, right. And knowing that, like we were saying about the the opening being very disconnected to the rest of the story, that kind of makes sense in a way. You know, maybe the shoehorned nature of it makes sense yeah. when you when you can see no that. no that's that's a very really fair point and mm. that's kind of that oh i kind of wish i mean we'll talk about it more as we go but now that you've said that i kind of wish this was fully Crichton centric now mm-hmm. um exactly yeah. yeah so so do i it could have been that that i think could have fleshed a lot of things out more and as we'll talk about later on i think it needed that in a way yeah yeah so then we move on to they're in uh, going on a mission uh, as mm-hmm. the canaries and uh, kill crazy's back I, I know oh, you, you're I love a fan Kill of Kill Crazy. Crazy, Adam. I'm a big Kill Crazy fan. <laughs> and of course, uh, what's his name? Max Branning from EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, that's, <laughs> it's just so weird because obviously he's done Max Branning for God knows how long now. And I don't watch EastEnders regularly, but when I see snippets and he's, you know, it's it's like a lot of soap characters. You know, you just see them for that that character and the way they portray it. So to see him as like this lunatic, like <laughs> crazy, is, is so funny. But I mean, he plays it really well. He plays it really well. So, yeah, it's always nice to see Kill Crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And Crichton, at this point, is still being a bit down on the fact that he has been assigned as a woman here um, in the prison. And one thing that stuck out to me here is that he refers to, he refers to it as be, it being so embarrassing. Like, he's he's embarrassed. I don't know. It it The way he described it seemed uh-huh. really, like, off hmm. somehow and it was kind of like oh it's it's almost like he wasn't saying that it's embarrassing that they got it wrong he was almost saying like it, i find it would be embarrassing women are embarrassing yeah. full stop which kind of felt a bit to me anyway a bit weird yeah it's just that the whole i, I can't remember exa- when it first got brought up was it series eight this first got brought up i think oh yeah when they get signed to the prison yeah i remember thinking then like the way they tell that joke wasn't i don't know what you call it particularly like i guess you know like tasteful or maybe handled in it doesn't come across in the best way and this was sort of like an extension of that like you're saying it's like the way Crichton's going about it obviously as a character but i don't know i was just like eh. I, I just wanted it to move i wanted the gag to move somewhere else do you know what i mean i didn't want to stay on yeah. this on what was going on and and sadly i mean we'll discuss it but that only gets worse oh yes because he mentions um, all the things he Mm. finds embarrassing having to do and how boring it is being assigned to be a woman in the prison and one of the things he finds boring which is why he took a book in the shower with him is like going in the showers and then he starts to describe the women yeah in the and you know what the minute he describes what they're doing i was like oh we're doing you know this, exactly oh. where this is going yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be one of these episodes <clears throat> yeah so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and the other canaries the male canaries are transfixed they kind of go into a bit of a stupor just hearing this description and uh, when he thinks and Crichton thinks they're oh, are they frozen in time or something hmm. um, and, and then eventually Rimmer goes no we were just thinking about what you were saying and then all in unison cross their legs <laughs> which I will admit made me like chuckle yeah. but then yeah, I was like that, that I was a, the thing about yeah. this plotline is there's not there are some individual elements of it which are quite funny I think mm-hmm. like but they're they're embedded in a really <laughs> amongst lots of other really creepy stuff so i don't know i just think there was a better possibly a better way they could have done this same storyline um but maybe with more sense in a more sensitive way yeah you know because you're right it just doesn't if 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 this was a story done now in the current kind of day and age i really think you know um it would be done in a lot more of a sensitive manner. It, yeah. It just seems because like it's not, it wasn't I mean, the right one for this time. It's not all bad because, I mean, if you look at the episode as a whole, 
I think it does come down on the, it, I mean, it does quite clearly come down on the side of like, this is wrong and this mm. is immoral. Um, so, it, you know, it's got that going for it. But I think maybe they, I think they went too far and we'll probably get into this a bit more as we go through, but in the, some of the stuff they did with Lister particularly, like some of the stuff with Rimmer kind of makes sense because of who Rimmer is. But mm -hmm. I don't know, just some of the stuff they did with Lister in the episode, I thought possibly went too far. They felt kind of like laddish humour, you know, that kind of, you know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard to pin down, but I just... I just didn't like it. It, <laughs> it. it was just kind of really cringeworthy yeah. in all those moments, and it and, all fell flat. It all fell flat. Yeah. It's a bit like when we're talking about Gunman, the the joke about the um, the Wimbledon um, ball girl, uh, that, that gag, oh, yeah. which was kind yeah. of very much like, ooh. But it, it was like that gag for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, yeah, it, it, I, it's almost like I can forgive something like that and a, a little joke that's like okay that's not something we'd have nowadays but for the whole runtime that is what that is the, the problematic aspect for me yeah. yeah yeah i do think the fact that it's then at least kill crazy who suggests initially that brighton take a camera into the showers and yeah. that it's not one of our regular yeah crew yeah yeah was a good yeah. decision yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. And he's kill crazy. Obviously, is like insane. But yeah, he he has that line later where he's like, uh, "I just want to see some skin." And like you said, Miles, it's that very like laddish, like very yeah. sadly, like you know, v just seeing women as well. He, well, Crichton says it, I think, or someone says it, like just seeing them as sex objects, which is, you know, again, and in something like Red Dwarf, it's like I don't want to have it's like, not what this show's about obviously yeah. like it's an important thing to like discuss generally yeah. like in society and how like we people shouldn't do that but like in a show like this and then trying to push characters on like the oh yeah we just want to sit i don't know it just it feels a bit it's just like cat cat as well like yeah, I, I expect better yeah. of you cat like yeah. <laughs> i know he's shallow i know that he's got these sensibilities but to literally just play along with it and cat cat does nothing else in this story other than play along yes, yeah, with Phil crazy and it's yeah. kind of like is Which that is a, all cat is now is that all it he is? is a shame we've mentioned i mean we've mentioned throughout the whole eight series so far that we feel a lot of the time cat out of like the main four gets mm. like the least to do or doesn't really have centric plots or anything and and even in this series like he has and obviously some of his one-liners are great and we've loved it but like you're saying, he just doesn't get much. As I say, this is literally just I'm gonna go along with this behavior mm -hmm. and and nothing else. And yeah, it's yeah. a shame. It did surprise mm -hmm. me when Rimmer is the one in that scene to object uh, yeah. and go, "No, this is voyeuristic, exploitative, uh, immature." And then I, it was very funny when then Holly chimes in and goes, "All right, what have you done with our Rimmer?" Yes, <laughs> yeah. who are you? Uh, that see that yeah. that kind of calling out that does that does work because it is sort of like you know going against the, yeah his, his and character. then immediately like he's like now just to be clear <laughs> and he reverts <laughs> yeah. completely back to stereotypical Rimmer which is fine again I think that's fine for Rimmer because that is absolutely he is the sniveling like he's the git he's the he's the one that you kind of expect this from. And it fits his mm. character. And Chris like, Barry plays it very well, too. Absolutely. That yeah. he does. That he does. He's, and he's like, oh, no, look, I just want to say I'm not against this morally, but it will impact the uh, appeal. So that's why I don't think we should be doing it. Mm. We have a little 50s B movie montage, you know, like oh, a little yeah. trailer. Is that before oh, no, or wait, after wait, the, wait, glass wait. Eye, the, the glass, the glass eye. eye? Yeah. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'll so next. Yeah, I must forget about that. <laughs> so next, we get a bit about the. Um, the guard, the chief guard, what's his name? Ackerman. Ackerman, the kind of head mm. of the prison, uh, has had his glass eyes stolen and, uh, you know, basically threatens the the, the inmates with, uh, and says he's going to turn out the lights. Basically, now I'm going to see to return his eye um, and somebody returns some teeth. It was, a, it was a bit of a weird scene in the moment, I thought. Because it, I was like, why is this scene here? It, it's that disconnect thing again, like the, <laughs> it, like it the beginning. Is, yeah. it's, and essentially, yeah. it's there to set up the fact that Ackerman is going on a date, which will play into something later on in the episode. And that's yeah. probably why the entire scene exists. 
But, you know, I, I want Rimmer grasses up the culprit and gets beaten up as well. Yeah. <laughs> for doing yeah. something. I did like it though. I have to admit, like I, I know ultimately it is kind of pointless, but given that it had so little to do with the more sordid aspects of the episode, yes, shall we yeah. say, I did yeah. kind of like it. And I think that whoever I don't know who the actor is who plays Ackerman, um, but he plays um, the part of of this kind of camp prison officer very he was well. Great. And yeah, and, and I just I I was in the one line that had me in stitches was his line of you know how. If he doesn't have one of his eyes, then he's only half lovely. Which uh, yeah, I such a was good like, line. now that that is good humor. That yeah. is very Red Dwarf. Um, mm. it, it, it worked really well. That so, uh, yeah. Ultimately, did feel out of place, but I was there for it. I suppose. Yeah. Um, Rather have it compared well. to, like you said, the more sordid yeah. aspects of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. We've mentioned yeah. before, but he's quite a he's quite a big actor in terms of he's been in lots of lots of stuff american stuff he's been in like 24 the tv series wow. he's been in mm. the hobbit movies he's been in um, yeah, he's, he's got around he's in the upcoming game of thrones prequel series as a recurring character by the looks of it so if he still has his glass Weston. eye or not yeah yeah he's been in quite a lot of stuff his name is uh what's his name his name is graham mctavish well there you go and i bet at conventions he still gets asked about this this part he played in 1999. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but then that's when Crichton gets kidnapped by Hill Crazy. They're on a mission and he gets uh, like distracted by some litter on the floor and then mm. bonked over the head with a spanner and yeah. kidnapped and reprogrammed. And then we cut to the B movie. And I was initially I was like, is, is this in Crichton's head? <laughs> I thought that, yeah, because it fades to white, doesn't it? Yeah. When he gets like jabbed or whatever, yeah. So I thought it was like it's a like, hallucination. Is this going to be like another one of those sur- the apocalypse situations? Yes, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or one of those I- surreal scenes we had um, earlier on in the season. They had a random scene because they were in VR um, that they turned into claymation. So I was wondering yes. if it was going to be another like really about that. weird yeah. scene like that. Yeah, it's yeah, great, uh, very surreal, and obviously, yeah. and, and a reference in this to um, another earlier red dwarf moment the, the killer bikini vampire girls again yes. from yeah call yes, back which, to legion the, another one of my favorites the so, killer yeah, I like bikini that. vampire girls obviously got a sequel because the one that's referenced here is vampire is different... bikini girls suck yeah. paris so that was obviously <laughs> the sequel to the original uh, vampire yeah. bikini girls <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you gotta love all the '50s B movie Hamart, like the wobbly yeah. flying saucers and the fact that the aliens are invisible because they wouldn't have had a. But like, I love that sort of. Even though a lot of those '50s B movies, granted, they are terrible. Like, if you if you want to just look at it as like movies, they are terrible, but they have that special watchable quality about yeah. them. Um, which, so yeah, which I love as well because another behind the scenes thing was when they were filming that sequence with the you know the flying saucer and the little bit of string and all the people yeah. going overacting. Yeah. This was in 1998 or whenever when Star Wars was filming The Phantom Menace and all oh. the VFX crew for Star Wars walked past them on the film lot they're filming it on and they're all like, no, 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 it's meant to look bad. We promise this is meant to look terrible. We <laughs> oh, are, God. you know, this is a knowing parody. <laughs> yeah. um, but of all the people to walk past when you're doing a, a sci-fi spoof, it's not, not the Star Wars VFX crew that you want walking past. <laughs> if only they had the Red Dwarf model to show off to him, then they'd be impressed. That's true. Well, that is the true. The few times they use the model in this, as well in, in this yeah. series. But that B-movie is quickly interrupted by Crity TV. Hey, boy. Ah, yes. Let's... <laughs> let's uh, yeah. yeah. So Crichton has been reprogrammed to basically be a complete git. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah. and has started uh, become like well we'll get later on we find out he's like basically some kind of prison like entrepreneur crime lord now but yeah he's um he's filming in the women's showers and uh and putting it on for the male inmates and mm. charging them he I, I did think it was a clever joke when he then go to the went to the floor tile the pay per view like, thing and then yeah. went round with the buckets that was that that was another um element though that you know I was saying that there's certain elements of the plot that don't tie up if Kill Crazy was the one to have reprogrammed him why is he surprised when Crichton is then doing a yeah. pay per view thing yeah, I like, Kill Crazy is like what's going on what's going on? you were yeah. the one who you were the one who did this although I think I my explanation for that I think I've got a headcanon for that which is that mm. he just reprogrammed him to lose his morals so that he would yeah. do it 
And so he, did, so he didn't give him specific instructions. He was just kind of altered his personality so that he would do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and then Crichton has so taken perverse, it a step further. And anyway. like, yeah, I will extort money out of people as well. I'll accept yeah. that, Phil. I'll accept that. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it, it's the whole, you know, they do the whole everyone's stunned into silence and Kat does like the double take and you're like, mm-hmm. right, okay, this is... And it just, the sad thing is for me, it's like, it just it just goes on, doesn't it, really? Yeah. This whole, and you know, granted, Lister and Rimmer are saying like, right, you know, they do that whole thing of like, we'll go in, we're leaving, and of course they stay. And again, I think had this not been set up to be as like, I don't know what the word would be, like, dis- I don't know if distasteful is the right word, but you know what I mean? If this hadn't mm. been set up in the way it had, that joke might have been funnier, but I just, I did just want them to go. Like, I was like, please just get, like, get up, leave. Yeah. And then when, then they go and then they say, oh, it's Kachansky, and then they turn around. <laughs> that was and, the moment when I was like, oh, no, you've gone too far with that, for Lister's character weird, especially, because yeah. it was, like, I, I kind of, like, the whole, oh, we've got to go. Like, yeah, we've got to go. Yeah, on the count of two, one, two, and they're not going. And like, yeah. I that went on a little bit too long, but I kind of got the humor there a little bit because they were uh, very good at playing that. I think yeah, Craig Charles yeah. and and uh, you know Chris Barry knew how to play that joke. Like, and I, I like how they did the the you know, the whole one two, and they didn't move. I think Chris Barry's expression was very yeah. good. The way he was totally frozen, like that is a mark of a good performer. But you're right, absolutely. It, but then when they got to the bit where they gotten up, they were about to leave, and then they noticed that Chrissy is on there, and then they even just go and sit back down. But yeah, it's... Lister, I was like, ah, oh, that you shouldn't be doing that. I don't yeah. even think that fits with your character as established. That I don't. Yeah, eight series in, eight series in, eight and... series in. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it almost kinda... like there's so many of that in the in the series. Sorry, Adam. I was I, no, 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 mate. Honestly, it's fine. Uh, you it, go ahead. Go ahead. It's it it just does feel like there's so much of that in series eight that all these characters have kind of regressed a lot. Mm. You know, Crichton mm. is is hating on Kachansky again. He yeah. and then Lister is become a lot more of his kind of series one persona and. You know, obviously Rimmer's reverted because he is the Rimmer we knew. We yeah, knew Rimmer has an in plot reason. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but we'll let him off. It just, it just does feel very, you know, uh, like everything's regressed and eight series in and, you know, all yeah. that build that we've had. Yeah. I, I, I was trying to think, like, when this was going, as I said, I did want this scene to end, but I was I was thinking, right, like, what are they trying, like, you know, as creatives, like the people, but, you know, what are they trying to get across with this? And I guess late 90s, like, satellite TV was becoming more common. And I know, like... We all know, don't pretend like you don't. You know, on the satellite chat, you know, in the packages, there's always right at the very bottom those few channels that are like XXX or, ad, mm-hmm. you know, basically stuff like that. And I, but they're like pay-per-view or a similar thing like that. So I thought, right, are they trying to do the whole, like, you know, commentary on that at the time and how those, well, men, because like, that's who's watching it here, you know, uh, sort of become zombified to it like that that's as in that's all they see women as i was thinking is that what we're going for here? and if that's what they were it's a very i don't know i think it may it could have just the whole thing like we said could have just been orchestrated in a in a better way i think we can all yeah because i, I don't think i think they've got like <clears throat> behind it all there's kind of a there is kind of a message there that this mm. this is wrong and it it it's there and it so the I don't know, he just kind of slightly clunkily done maybe, or maybe it's just done because it's the way it's done is just dated so much that yeah. there would, there would be better ways to make that point. But I, I don't necessarily think it's on the writers that they had any bad intentions with this episode. I just no, think... I don't think anyone had any malicious intentions. I just think the execution of everything yeah. maybe wasn't mm-hmm. as as effective as it could have been, if if that's the right word. Yeah. 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 But then we go to, like, Crichton the Pimp. Crichton the... Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You know. Gold chains. He's got, like, a gold... He's got which a is, gold which, which is his... good. Which is good. <laughs> it's just a shame... <laughs> I wish he hadn't got that through the means that yes, he's, he's got it. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that episode where Crichton becomes this kind of, you know, the the drug lord of the prison almost. Yes, but, yeah. but but it's just it's such a shame that that's how he's got there. You know, it's like yeah. an element I would like to see, but it's it's um the the way we've got there is not the way that I would have would have liked it really. It's a shame. Yeah. Robert the Wellen plays True. it so well as well. He does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, just the way he's kind of lounging back 
his kind of very <laughs> casual lounge back is uh, is perfect. Yeah, and the whole like I'll make it worth your while. I was just going to say, yeah, it's just yeah, so yeah. so well done, Robert Llewellyn again proving that he has probably the best comic timing of the whole lot of them. Yeah. And just he knows exactly how to place that laugh and and yeah, move it across the table. Does. Genius, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but Lister does tell um Kachansky what has happened, mm-hmm. and initially her reaction initially was interesting because she sees the flyer and she was like, oh, how much did you have to pay the girls to do this? And she, so she she doesn't yeah. she's not like she doesn't think it's bad per se until she until she finds out that she, she was involved with it, which yeah, is kind of an yeah. interesting reaction. But then again, I suppose if she's if he if she thinks that he's paid them to do it, then they're doing it of their own free will, and, and you know, fair enough that if that's what they want. There is to a do, difference. Yeah, there is a yeah. big difference. Yeah, um, yeah. it's when she finds out that actually he's doing it without anybody's permission that. She gets really annoyed with Crichton, but then also really annoyed with Lister as well. Because as she says, you stayed for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Which he, and his excuse is a little bit poor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very much poor taste. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and as, I, and I as we this... have to do on this podcast, every time that it comes up that Lister fancies oh. Chrissy, we have to point yeah. out that she's his <laughs> mum. <laughs> Technically, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> because of the Which weird this time thing travel. Oh, I forgot about that. Thank you for yeah. reminding me about that, guys. <laughs> I'm never going to watch Series 7 ever again. <laughs> yeah. I think this, yeah. just before we move on from this bit, though, I just think, like you're saying, Kachansky's reaction is that sort of she doesn't, she's not outraged until she finds out she's in it. Because obviously, well, Crichton didn't do it with any of them. But in her mind, you know, Crichton didn't ask her for consent, basically. And I thought this could have been. I'm. I'm not saying by any means she she needed to go on like this, you know, minute long speech about consentness, you know, a straightforward to the, you know, to almost to the camera sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I thought you could have had a really clever, even just a few lines that basically, I guess, further cemented the importance of consent. Yeah. But they just sort of really. She's outraged, and then it is just she's turning that anger. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? I feel like I know maybe exactly we what you mean, Adam. It's like yeah, you, you need yeah. something to justify it because otherwise it is just there, and you know it resorts to ju- it boils down to just oh, Kachansky's angry now. It's it's like, but why? You know, spell spell this out because this is one of the instances where we need it to be spelled out clearly. Yeah. Like this is morally wrong. Do yeah. not do this. And there's a whole issue, like you say, of consent and. Uh, it's it's like I think we did need one of those speeches. That's that's a moment where I actually think we needed one of those there yeah yeah what do you think phil yeah yeah i yeah that could have helped there i think just uh to sort of cement the reasons behind why she's annoyed because obviously we we can work that out watch yeah yeah just to make the point in the episode would have been good yeah mm-hmm. i think so because i think yeah. kachansky's smarter than than they're making her in this series like mm. the mm. fact that the pogo stick thing goes straight over her head how i have no idea yeah you know it's yeah. it's kind of like i i really think kachansky is is better than the writers are giving her credit for in series eight she's um yeah she's kind of very boiled down and i think that's that's another, a bit like the cat it's kind of like they don't quite know what to do with with those two characters yeah. yeah, it almost feels like this Kachansky when they brought her in in series seven, like maybe for that, it seems like for that series, they had like a, a firm idea of how yeah. they were going to reintroduce her and what they wanted to do. And I, I mean, you two might know more than me, but I don't know whether the intention, I know series seven has the uh, the cliffhanger ending, but I don't know whether the intention was to always have uh, Kachansky in series eight or maybe, you know, to as big of a role as she does. Um, but yeah, like you say, Miles, it seems like compared to series seven, her trajectory as a character just isn't as solid as it was, or it doesn't feel like it is anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a bit aimless, mm. really. Yeah. The um, uh, Crichton. Oh well. Well, first of all, we get a little scene with Lister, you know, planning on making it up to Kachansky, and he's going to send her two bags of flour. I love that. Guy. That I, is I quite, quite cute. Like yeah, yeah, that is a cute. Yeah. Yeah. Two bags of flour is flowers. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and that was sometimes I think you know when you hear the audience like give a full on applause. Yeah, there are sometimes where I'm like, oh, that didn't need an applause, but that was when I was like, okay, because the way the yeah. joke was set up, uh, Craig Charles's subtle delivery. Yeah, I was like, so okay, innocent you, as well. He's get, so innocent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Crichton comes back in and he's been kicked out of the. Uh, 
female area of the prison and mm. reclassified as a man. And uh, yeah, and but he eventually tells you know I I'm interested, Adam, if you found out thought this went on too long because that that is your recurring. <laughs> My recurring. Thing. It did go yeah, on for quite yeah, a while. I was say, yeah. The uh, the revelation that Chansky is apparently apparently um, dating her ex boyfriend Tim, who I think was the chef. Was he? Was that? That the chef she left in for uh, that rings a bell. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's mentioned in an earlier series. I'm I not think sure. it might maybe. have been that she left. I'm pretty sure she. It's been said before that she left him for a chef called Tim. So I think that's right. him. Uh, so yeah, d- this revelation. What I will say from my point of view is that it, uh, Robert Llewellyn sold it just because of his facial expressions and his reactions. So it didn't feel too long for me because of that, but it could have been. Otherwise, what about what do you guys think? Got you. You feel free, Miles. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it's exactly like Phil said because Adam, you've had this recurring thing of you know, there's (laughs) there's always a joke somewhere you know within the series which is like, oh, that maybe went on a tiny bit too long. I mean, the whole episode feels like a joke that's gone on far too long. But this this one, yeah, it really did feel like okay, we get it we do get yeah. it you know it yeah. felt yeah. like robert llewellyn was kind of just improving it and just coming up with more ways of saying you haven't heard you haven't heard you haven't heard and it was like we we do get this joke it's 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 funny yeah but not not after the 10th line i don't think no yeah, yeah. It didn't, didn't I, get on well with that unfortunately yeah yeah I, I mean predicted right i yeah it was far too long and for me it was robert llewellyn was great like with the physical and facial expressions as you said but that every time, as you said, new ways of saying the same thing, nothing was being added. It mm. was just the same. Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard the news about, I can't believe you've not heard. And the two, three times, maybe. But as you said, Miles, like nine to, or however many times it yeah. was. Like I was with Lister, who Craig Charles, <laughs> bless him, was playing frustrated. But I was <laughs> like, yeah, just like get just on with it. Just bloody tell me. Yeah. <laughs> just bloody tell me. Yeah, no, far. Yeah. one of the... One of the uh, worst offenders for me, I think, of the eight series I've seen so far of a joke going on mm-hmm. far too long. Because the, yeah. there wasn't, to me at least, anyway, there wasn't much substance to begin with. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It wasn't like a grand punchline. It was just, oh, have you heard the news? And then it, it's just, it became this, this Time thing. filler. It just, it was yes, sort of like, yeah. well, we need, we need uh, a minute you know, added on to this episode, we're running short. Let's just make Robert Llewellyn Let's just ask repeatedly <laughs> when he's heard this yeah. news. Yeah, it, yeah. It, didn't, it didn't fit very well into it, unfortunately. That's all. Yeah. Well, Crichton comes up with a plan to uh, break up Kachansky and Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and, and he, you know, he, Lissa does point out, hold on, I thought you didn't want us to be together. And apparently Crichton's changed his mind and now he, he wants them... <laughs> have children so that they he can iron their itty bitty clothes <laughs> yes yeah yes. but does he really or is this all part of the, the ploy yeah he, you know well. who knows given the revelation <laughs> at the end of the episode um but the plan is to make tim very unappealing by sabotaging his apartment when they come back after the date oh yeah tim is an officer that's not in the prison so apparently they can just be let out to have dates <laughs> yeah yeah weird. and, and sure. also they can escape out of their cell yeah to whenever these, yes. these yeah. places <laughs> this is a very tight security prison i have to say yeah <laughs> unless, unless Crichton thing, has yeah. paid off the guards i suppose but still it's yeah, kind of like true yeah well, but still but still, still it's a bit yeah. of a stretch <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a massive stretch <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit. Um, so they're going to plant lots of unappealing things like a cheese and onion sandwich in, in his room to give off a horrible smell. Morris Dancer Monthly, large wide fronts, Christian rock music, um, and some All Rimmer's possessions. Yes, all women's yeah. apart from the pews. Uh, yeah. oh, no, no, dis- no disrespect to any Morris Dancers or Christians in, in the listener base. This is, the re- this is apparently stuff that or indeed christian morris dancers <laughs> or indeed christian morris <laughs> who dancers, wear large yeah. fronts <laughs> rock on you rock on um yeah so so they kind of do this like covert mission where they sneak into the well lister sneaks into the apartment of this or the the dorm of the of the officer and plants all this stuff uh, including a few things that they didn't go through in the plan like there's a shrimp on a lamp to yeah. More smell, a picture of a monkey, some really weird statue with a yeah. chain. 
very all very uh, odd. But basically to make the whole place look very unappealing for any date that might be brought back there. And as he's leaving, we find out that Crichton is still bad Crichton. He's just broadcasting the whole thing on Crichton TV. And it's actually not Tim's room at all. In fact, Tim isn't even dating Kachansky. It's Mr. Ackerman. And he's due mm. back with his date that we was referenced earlier. And the whole point probably of that earlier scene any minute. So now yeah. they have to go back in and tidy the room. And Rimmer is panicking as well because he wants the appeal to go through. So he rushes to help as well. And there's a big kind of rush to to undo everything. But what did you guys there think is. about this this whole setup and scenario and everything? I, I, I was going to say it feels like another instance of that joke going on a bit too long as well for me personally. Like... Mm. Um, the whole, especially with Lister going in and putting all these things in the place, it's it's like, you know, three or four things all right, but it kept on going. Yeah. And it, and it was a bit kind of like, we we do get the gist, we do get the gist, <laughs> and and um, yeah, didn't didn't get on too well with that. I felt that a lot of the kind of the humor that was being evoked there, particularly of the pre- the pube stuff, was just very infantile kind of humor. Yeah. Right, it did get a bit of a giggle, but it was kind of like this is like this feels like something that should be in the Inbetweeners or something yes. a very different yes. show. Yeah. Not Red Dwarf. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know what you felt, Adam. Well, similar um, amazingly, I didn't think it went on too long. Maybe it was just respite that it wasn't thankfully, you know, Crichton filming women in the shower, but mm. um uh, so I guess I like something different, but like you quite rightly said, Miles, the the, the humor. I mean, this whole episode has had a lot of like that sort of infantile or like very churlish behavior that, as you as you quite rightly said, you would see in something like the Inbetweeners or something of that ilk. It just feels. I mean, Red Dwarf does have its moments where you have the odd like crude humor joke or like a sex joke or a gross out joke, but again, they've always been like one in an episode or every now and then it's not been like the main mm-hmm. drive of an episode yeah. whereas this really felt like it was and it doesn't not that i'm against crude humor but it just didn't a lot of it didn't feel no, neither clever nor tasteful and, and like you said with the pubes once you get over the initial like haha he's doing that you're like oh right he's he's mm, doing that, he's doing that. <laughs> yeah although i did like like the reveal that it was quite et that made mm-hmm. me chuckle that he was still being still being filmed and yeah i don't i didn't get that was it you've been you've been critered i was like no that that's no. that's like yeah, that go, that's man. not gonna work <laughs> out of all the things you could have said it's like it reminded me in a way and this came after ed do you um miles you might remember um do you remember on cbbc there was that show called prank patrol i do remember prank patrol yes it's i do the reveal sort of reminded it, me like that it, yeah um, yeah yeah have you heard was... of this phil i have not no Wow, so you're missing Patrol, out, Phil. <laughs> it, it was a good show, yeah, a lot of tension. Yeah. But, like, the one I always remember, so, like, you'd get a family in on this thing of, like, right, we've got a son who, the one I remember is, like, he's always on his PlayStation 2. This is how old it was, kids. Um, <laughs> he's on his PlayStation 2, like, all the time. He never comes off it. He's really unsociable. So we're going to get the prank patrol in. And if I remember, it was people dressed as ninjas for some reason. There was a lot. Of, there was ninjas, Barney Harwoods. Yeah, it was <laughs> a, <laughs> it was a weird time. Yeah. Yeah, they came in this van, and in this instance, they'd, like, get a fake PS2. Oh, well, they get a PS2, not his, and then they'd, like, smash it in front of him. Quite dramatic stuff, really. And yeah. then they go, ah, you've been pranked! And then everyone would be, you know, that sort of reveal. So yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. But, hey, Red Dwarf did it first, I guess. So. That's a whole, episode, a whole episode of, like, a prank patrol in the prison. That would have kind so of worked good, quite well, yeah. in a way. Yeah, Just yeah. leave out all the, you know, the the sexual predator stuff and just focus on the prank stuff. I think that would have worked all right. Um, yeah. 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 I think it just made me want more of it. I mm. sort of like, oh, why wasn't, why wasn't why it was all it like that this? But, got? Yeah. but yeah, no, the, the crude humor, uh, again, like this, the setup was funny to an extent, but yeah, maybe a bit, a bit overblown. Yeah. Well, they do manage to um, clear the room in time. So no further repercussions from Ackerman, thankfully. Um, and mm. they get back to the room um, and we get another bunk scene to sort of end the episode, and it's uh, get gets gets the results of the appeal, and this yes, is yeah. where we find out he's been successful. Yeah, and it's yeah. where Rimmer finds out that the appeal wasn't to get them out of prison; it was to get the strings to the guitar, <laughs> which, as you pointed out, Miles, <laughs> yeah, makes no just... sense whatsoever because <laughs> he did not know. <laughs> 
he hadn't got yeah. his strings yeah. when he must have made that appeal because he got the letter at the same time as the guitar. And yeah. Rimmer had all that paperwork as well. He was yeah. like, here's all the stuff we need to fill out. Surely you would have seen on that that it says, not yeah. we will be allowed out, we will be getting guitar strings. It's... Uh, yeah. Just, just it, think, it just, yeah. I thought at the it, time, when yeah. I, while I was watching it, because I actually didn't put together that inconsistency until you mentioned it. it like, Neither yeah. did I the first time around, I'll admit, no. But uh, I did find it a funny ending in the moment. I thought it was a funny gag to end on. Um, I, Apart from the fact that it now doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> yeah, so sorry, spoil it. So sorry. <laughs> no, but you're right, and I mean, for me, I, I I must admit I didn't spot the inconsistency either till you mentioned it, Miles. But for me, the ending was like I chuckled, but then when it end, you know, yeah, you get the gag. It's a he really goes, oh, I wrote a song. Yeah, like I want to hear the song. Like you can't just end it there. Like yeah. that was, um, I don't know. It just it for me that ending just sort of summarised that this episode felt very like disjointed and very well we've obviously talked about the bits that we really don't like but yeah it just felt like this was a bit all over the place like maybe they had an idea and then like you said for whatever reason things changed but then things weren't consistent and Mm -hmm. yeah the ending for me whilst i like the gag a little bit it just made me think well that was 30 minutes of several things happening there and not really a the clearest of through lines, I think, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, yeah. Not not the not the greatest kind of. You want a at the end of Red Dwarf, you want a big kind of thigh slapping. That's a great yeah. gag to end on. Oh, yeah. What a, what a, yeah. But it kind of it just it's just kind of Craig Charles saying really low key. I'm going to write you a song, and then the credits yeah. roll, and it's like, and yeah. they, even the audience kind of go, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like a big like, massive <laughs> massive you know everyone's yeah. uproar. It's it's yeah. Um, but at least it's not anything to do with you know the previous. Yeah, half thank, the God. thank God. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now, what I want to know, they they don't because they thought that Crichton was would been you know fixed, but when he came mm. back, born, that's how yeah. he then duped him. But he hasn't still been fixed, so is he still gonna be morally do you know what, do you, do you know what it puts me in the mind of? It puts me in the mind of another episode that's quite you know questionable. Body swap. Oh yes, yes And I know yes, you guys yes. have, have you know when you were talking about it with Billy, it wasn't talked about too favourably as well. Um, mm. But the whole kind of rimmer at the end of that, he doesn't get his comeuppance at all. He no. is in the body of Cat, and he does all that sort of stuff. Crichton it doesn't get any sort of repercussions from this either, um, which kind of feels like morally. Yeah. where's where's the payoff uh, yeah. yeah or yeah. at least yeah. if not him then kill crazy because it's not his yes. fault yeah. if he got yeah. reprogrammed um mm-hmm. but yeah. there's like there's no no consequences for anybody like really. maybe kill crazy gets pranked in some way or maybe yeah. Yeah, he's the one yeah. as the butt of the joke instead so, yeah it, it really doesn't feel like a cohesive kind of clothing like adam like you were saying it's it feels like this big hodgepodge that didn't mm. really have an aim to it. It's very aimless. Yeah, it just feels like everything just sort of happens. And it, there's, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. happening, and you're like, right, okay. But then when it all ends, you're like, right, what was what was that all for then? And you're like, mm-hmm. nothing really. <laughs> really so. Ultimately, but nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There we go. Well, we do have some regular features that we usually do. Um, so um, it involves picking a favourite character and picking a funniest moment. So I will have to make you pick a funniest moment from this episode, Miles, I'm afraid. Oh, um, do I have to? You do, I'm afraid. There must be something that even got you a little bit, a little giggle out of you somewhere. But first of all, what was your favourite character in the episode? Um, Can be for any I'm reason. Give... Yeah, for any reason whatsoever. Um, you know what? Um... I was going to give it to Rimmer because I thought of all of, you know, the characters, he's kind of the one who's, you know, reasonably funny and the least perverted as well. Although <laughs> that's, you know, that's not a reason to give someone their favourite no, character position. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to give it to Mr. Ackerman, the uh, the prison nice, warden. Yeah. Uh, I think that he got the big laugh from me in this episode. Um the that was the the funniest scene for me so uh, you know side character for me i think is going to get it uh mainly because of the fact he wasn't involved in the main <laughs> yes, plot yes. Yeah. um but yeah, yeah so i'll get mr ackerman and uh whoever the the actor was that we, we mentioned he did a great job absolutely what about you adam um we're on the same wavelength miles i've also given it to mr ackerman hey um, i almost well I, like out of the mains like cr- um 
Crichton I did find like the funniest, but I think that's mainly Robert Llewellyn mm. rather than like the actual but I think it was because of like what Crichton was involved with. Like in my head I was like, no, he what like not his finest moment. But yeah, like you said, I think Mr. Ackerman for the performance and like the fact it wasn't to do with anything else. And I, I hope we see more of him. Like like well, like Kill Crazy, who's gone down in my estimations now, obviously, because of, of what <laughs> what he did. But yeah, I like I like Ackerman, so that's two for Ackerman. Uh, hey. Phil, are you making it a hat trick? Or well, and see, I had a couple of things written down. I had uh, Lister question mark, but then mm-hmm. I put next to it. But he is probably the most dodgy in the sense of our main crew because of he's just so it's so out of character for him. Mm. And uh, I like I'm most disappointed in Lister. Out of it, yeah. I was gonna say like if you had these like in a detention and you're looking yes. down the line, you go and most of all, Lister, I'm most disappointed in you. Yes, I expected yeah. better. But I yeah. he also had like the lines that I found the funniest in the episode, so that's why he was like still a potential. But then I think the being disappointed in him eliminates him. So yeah, I think I'm also gonna give it to Mr. Ackerman. Hey, hey hat trick for Ackerman. I hope we get nice more. One. Well, you two know, but I hope we get more of him. I honestly I really, can't remember. I, really... I honestly can't remember. I don't know, if Phil. You you remember a bit more, but um, yeah, I hope well, he's in it yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Big up Ackerman. Big up Ackerman. What about funniest moment then? I mean, you've got to pick something. Something that's going to make you giggle a little right. bit. Right. Okay. I I mean, I think I'm going to give it to. I was going to say the the initial bunk scene because it kind of you know brought me back to that kind of you know series one and two dynamic. But um, because the the jokes in there didn't always hit the mark, uh, I'm going to give it to Mr. Ackerman again for his uh, nice. glass eye scene and particularly the line of only being half lovely. I have a date with Miss Patricia Carling from Supplies on Saturday night. She thinks my eyes are my loveliest feature. If I go like this, I'm only half lovely! Uh, because that <laughs> was just very good comedy. Uh, that felt like, okay... You get one. You get a point there, Red Dwarf. That's that's a nice one. Point so. one redeemed. So, <laughs> yeah, nice. Our sound. I'm gonna give my. I for me, it's the two bags of flour gag because th- that legitimately did make me laugh. And as I said, I thought the applause was good because of the delivery. So very simple, very simple joke. But I I liked it. Chris found out about the shower thing. She went ballistic. Just a little present to say sorry. A bag of flour. <laughs> no, two bags. <laughs> I'm in the tank, in the middle of deep space. I can't just get the blower to into flora, you know. Flower, flowers. <laughs> and it was a breath of fresh air compared to everything else that was going on. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the two bags of flour. What about you, Phil? For me, it's uh, Lister's line in the, or couple of lines when he gets the letter from Peterson and his reaction to that mm. and thinking that Peterson is dead. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something that is typically Lister, unlike a lot of things yeah. in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was my <laughs> yeah. funniest moment. Right. So we've now got a market out of out of ten scutters. Uh, is this going to end up as our lowest ranked episode? Because I, I have a feeling it's going to be down there. But mm, is it going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be worse than Body Swap? That's the question. I can't remember what yeah. we gave. Them. But um, I think Body Swap was a mix because we did that with Billy, didn't we? I yeah, think that was a mix of fours and fives, if my memory Possibly. kind of the middle range yeah. mark, middle yeah. to lower. Yeah. So, yeah. Miles, <laughs> well, I'm taking this. <laughs> I'm starting yes, this. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, look, the thing I always love about Red Dwarf that I find so ingenious is that it takes, you know. They take a bizarre sci-fi concept, you know, like a backwards reality, DNA cloning, Western mm. VR, you know, all these great concepts, and then they make it funny. They do mm. something really clever with it. Crytek TV has none of that. It's, it's <laughs> literally sordid nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't be any kinder to it. And I know I've, I've, I sound like, you know, so so uh, cynical in this, in this episode, but I, I really... I just can't give it anything more than that. Um, I just, you know, I started it going, surely it can't be as bad as I remember it being, but it, it kind of was. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm unfortunately going to give it... Should I be generous? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give it one scutter. I'm so sorry. Oh, 
I am so sorry. And I think that one has just been because of Mr. Ackerman. I'll be very honest. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Had that not been there, we might have been in a really dire situation. Oh, This really is your worst episode of Red Dwarf, isn't it? On, I honestly, I mean, I've not, like I say, I've not watched the rest of series eight for uh, since I first watched it as well. I've only watched series seven and eight once through. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be something there. There might be something in the Dave era that I've not seen yet that I don't like as well. But yeah, from the stuff that I've, I've really delved into and, you know, had to sit down and watch. Uh, thanks, guys, for making me watch this. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it it really it just wasn't my cup of tea, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. So, okay, Adam, we go. <laughs> um, well, I've, I've I've given it a little bit higher th- than a one. Um, I've uh, I thought long and hard. Normally, uh, what I well what I've said before is like I, I I'll go with whatever my gut says. You know, when you finish summer and your mm-hmm. gut says that was a something out of ten, I like to try and go with that. But I think my gut. On this one occasion, they say your gut's right nine out of ten times. I think this was the because my gut w- my gut was saying about f- like four or five out of ten. Mm-hmm. But then when I sat back and I read my I was like I always read my notes back after I finish it, and I was like this isn't a four or a five really. Um, so I'm giving it a three out of ten. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ackerman, like we said, there were some good gags. There were few mm-hmm. and far between, but there were they were there some of them. And some of the dynamic stuff that wasn't the the little of it that wasn't perverse was some of it was really funny, um, but yeah, this is I think that's definitely my lowest rated one so far. Phil, if memory serves, I don't yeah, think I've I think, gone I think it definitely a, is. Yeah, yeah. I gave Body Swap a four or a five, so yeah, three out of ten. Sorry, Crytek. As as we've said, it just felt like so many things were going on, mm. and they couldn't pick what they wanted to do. And the thing they lent most towards was arguably done in the in done the worst so yeah shame they couldn't have done something else with it but hey i guess you have duds in every series don't you can't all be can't all be yeah but what about you phil i well you see i think i'm gonna go slightly against the grain here um okay not not as much as not as much as you know it's not extreme or anything um (laughs) i just think i liked it a little it sounds like i liked it a little bit more than you i actually was quite unlike you mars i was a little bit surprised that I didn't dislike it more because my memory okay. of it yeah. was worse than the experience of watching it this time. So mm-hmm. it's not good by any means, but I don't think, I definitely don't think it was a one, anywhere near a one. There were, mainly because there were, <laughs> I was being harsh. I was being harsh. <laughs> there were some elements in it that I did enjoy and I, I found funny, mainly the like the bunk scene at the beginning I really liked. I actually quite liked the whole race to frame the room and then to unframe the room so that uh, about the date stuff, basically anything that wasn't the shower bits. And I I think my memory of it being really, really bad was that that was more of it. I mean, it's Mm. it's a significant amount of it, but it's not all of it. And I think there's enough in there to claw it back a little bit in my estimations from what my memory of it was. Not much, mm. but a little bit. So I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, is that yeah. higher than Body Swap? I, you I know what? Say. I can't remember. <laughs> I, think I can't remember says, why I ranked Body Swap. I think out of the three of us, I think Billy gave it the lowest. Right. I think, uh, I think we only gave it... Sli- we were all, I say, I think we were about four fives, all of us. Yeah, so. I think... Yeah. yeah, it was. I think I might have given it a five or a five and a half. So it was. I. I think this is either equally bottom or actually bottom, but only by half a point. One of the two. Well, there's a question, sure. Phil. Which one would you rather watch if you were forced to Body uh, Swap that, or yeah, Pricey that's TV? A, that's a good question because I just didn't find Body Swap had nothing offense. Well, no, it did. It, <laughs> it did. Rimmer's actions in that were a little bit offensive, but like uh-huh. it, it had nothing like that. I'm like majorly like it just wasn't very funny <laughs> yeah, that's very <laughs> whereas this would has be the, would... this has more laughs in it than body swap did from my point mm. um sure they're sure. just not yeah. about the main the laughs don't come from the main plot in this so uh, i don't know would you be the same miles would you choose body swap over i, I think TV i think or... i would because i'm i lo- i just love series three series six so much that I can forgive it because the rest around it is kind of 
kind of works. Yeah. And and there is yeah. some good stuff in Body Swap. There is. You know, I, I particularly like the whole, you know, when it seems like um, Rimmer's lost Lister's arm and he says, you know, the whole, I've lost your watch too, which I just think is just a great, <laughs> yeah, <I see>. <laughs> just a, such a great line in that instance. Uh, another kind of really red dwarf thing. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'd go for Body Swap over, over Christ TV. Yeah, definitely. I think <laughs> that wouldn't get the one scutter. Yeah, fair enough. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you guys at home think of this episode? What do you think of Crytee TV? If you're uh, head over to the YouTube version of this podcast, you can leave your comments below, or you can let us know on Twitter at at or Dead Dave Pod, which is our Twitter account. Thank you very much for joining us again, Miles. Um, sorry, thank you guys. <laughs> Don't don't worry, don't worry. It's been you know what? It's been worth it to chat again with you guys, definitely. Oh, bless and, you, man. and and in in a way, I kind of appreciate the episode a little bit more from just chatting through uh, with, with the two of you. So so thank you for that. That's um, right. But That's yeah, great. I won't be watching Christ TV ever again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll definitely skip on your next marathon through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so. What? Where can people find you on the internet? Because you're you're a YouTuber, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. You can find me uh, um, on YouTube, uh, Tailored Vision. That's Taylor apostrophe D Vision. Uh, I make it very hard for people. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and then you can also find me on Twitter at Tailored Vision uh, as well. So uh, yeah, follow me for ramblings on mainly Doctor Who, um, but uh, other geeky things as well. I'm sure. So yeah, excellent. And Adam, do you want to plug your your stuff? Sure. So on YouTube, it's Adam Martin, Martin with a Y. Uh, uh, that's being half Welsh for you. Have to embrace the heritage somewhere. <laughs> um, but you can find me on YouTube. I make videos on um, all sorts of things recently about like uh, TV history or events in TV, quite into that sort of stuff. Anything like 20th century, you'll probably like it. Um, and on Twitter, just Adam Martin AMTV for daily ramblings about all sorts here and there but um yeah that's me what about you phil you can find me on my youtube channel which is just philip hawkins again pretty much like talk about doctor who a lot and also other geeky pop culture like star trek the mcu this podcast goes up there all sorts of things like that and you can find me on twitter at culture filter with filter spelt p-h-i-l because my name is phil um, <laughs> and there we go that's another episode down we'll be back next week for pete part one so see you then goodbye see you later guys Bye.